This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Time for Judd's Hockey Show, July edition. Zolgad, Lindsey Brown, Declan Goff. And uh, first of all, guys, I would like to wish you a happy Brian Ralston Day. Yep. On this date in 2004, a special day. Lindsay's one of Lindsay's favorite childhood players. The best. Signed with, with the Wild and redefined, at least for a brief period of time, the shootout by stopping just inside the blue line and shocking goaltenders by, as you like to say, letting go with a clapper. Is there anything better than a player on your hometown team who is good but not great but plays like he's out there to like he's great just like that that feeling around him he had an aura about him that was my second jersey i got for my i believe my 12th 11th birthday the red the red jerseys with the circle wild right one. when they came out that was right when those to be honest started, uh, right? because i have the frame of a 12 year old still at a uh, 26 and a half to Lucky. be precise uh, i i wore that jersey up until like two years ago and it was basically a crop top i i wore it proudly Prove it. Proudly. It's hanging <laughs> in my... pictures? Can you put it on? There might be. I will let you know. Oh, well, right. What lost. was your first jersey? A Gabrick? Gabrick, Gabrick yeah. Gabrick. You yeah. Ha- it had to be Gabrick, yeah. right? I, liked, I think Gabrick was yeah. mine, too. And I was 10 when I was a youth hockey player, when I was still skating out once in a while. Sure. It was not pretty, but it was definitely... I wore that jersey to practice one time, and it was not a jersey you would wear to practice. Right. It was skin tight. You I could have would... got a brunette. Uh, yeah. A Bruno, a 15. He didn't come, he didn't come around. He wasn't there initially, was he? No. That, that's but pretty thing. quickly. Yeah, it's... You're, 2003 what? had what? Brunette jersey, a Walls jersey, yep. Gabrick for Bouchard, sure. Pierre Marc Bouchard. 96, yeah. Yeah, I, la, la, Anti-Laxanen and West Walls are my first two Anti-Laxanen, fair players. Anti-Laxanen, I forgot I love those. I didn't have their jerseys, but, but I love Anti-Laxanen. Do you guys remember that the first time... Because he, he had that consecutive game streak, which got to be pretty significant. That the first time oh. he was scratched was in that 2003 playoff run. I they finally scratched him, and it was a huge storyline. Is lost. It was a huge deal, really, because it's like he's but like he's got Cal Ripken. But he's like, got, well, but yeah, he's got the consecutive game. Jacques like, I don't care. Yeah, Jacques, well, I don't care. I I play who I play. The trap. The trap. Ralston, though, you're you're right, LB. That's a great one. He was because he wasn't a great player, but he was a really good player. He was unabashedly right. authentic. That's what he was. You know who, who else I felt was like that, and he probably wasn't as good as Ralston, but he certainly had his um, had his strengths. Wes Walls, yes, like Wes Walls was never going to apologize for being Wes Walls, and you never looked at Wes and were like, "Man, that's a great player." But he did things well and carried himself with a confidence that that in hockey parlance is like that guy's captain material. He had the so I'm going to be the hardest worker on the ice personality, and um, both just. 
in his actual personality and then in his player personality when he when you saw him. Like he just had that tenaciousness and Ralston was just I guess Wes Walls was Brian Ralston light, literally. Both yeah, in a physical fair, yeah. in a physical way and in a, in a personality. He just Brian Ralston was like the Jared Allen of the Minnesota Wild, basically. Do you think he, he was that good? Because Jared well, Allen was not necessarily in performance, but in terms of like legendary status. Because Jared Allen, you know, he had a mullet. He he had the rope the rope the bowl oh, he was, celebration. Yeah. He was he a was character. Just, he was just exactly. He was a character, and that's what Ralston was because. You have to be a character and you have to be like very confident in yourself no matter what to go in a shootout and just take clappers. But it was a great idea. Nobody does that. It's and a no. stupid thing. But no. he, he would he would but make was it, it stupid? work. But even if he didn't make even if he didn't score, even if he missed the net ten feet over, oh, it was still like, you know what? Kuda props to you, man, for even trying. Because that just shows that he had balls. I mean, between Ralston Mark Bouchard's Spinorama and even Gab- uh, Koivu's to- backhand Which used to drag. work. We used to yeah. work. Fill out, like Y'all the wild. Come in from it the wild. It stopped wide, working when, when you DMs. guys were like four years old, yeah. but that's okay. First of all, no, we weren't. The Wild had like one of the best shootout lineups there was. Yeah, it was just, like, it was eclectic. Yeah, you never knew yeah. what you were going to get. Yeah. You never knew. It was the best. That's podcast now. Yeah. Okay, so wait. I, I've got a quick Wild story for mm-hmm. you as far mm-hmm. as his, his work ethic and uh, his diligence towards the game of hockey. Wes Walls was the only guy I've ever seen who, who when the crowd was gone post game, we'd go back up to the press box. He would come out in sweatpants and skate, and like work, yeah. I don't know if he was working on equipment things or his own game or not happy about something, but I don't think I've ever seen being in the press box long after the crowd is gone and mm-hmm. the game is done. That's I awesome. don't remember another player in the time that I've covered the North Stars or Wild coming out on a regular basis. And skating. Yeah. And that's the thing. But think I, about that. I think hockey fans, and especially here because most of us have played, we often view like Minnesota Wild players and just players in the league in general with the lens of being like, would I like them as a teammate? Would I wanna would I wanna go to war with this guy? Would I would I want him around? Would 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 he help us succeed? And that's where you that's why you see fans gravitate towards players like Brian Rouse and like Wes Walls because they would you would want them on your team and they they had that kind of pure old school hockey approach but they also had the understanding and i suppose some wisdom that they knew that not everybody else was like this and that was okay that maybe to get somebody else to their best level and their best game they needed to do something completely different or be just like a clown or whatever they they respected the purity but they understood that that's everyone's not them and that just because they're the ones skating out there it's right. easy to be like well they're out there working and getting things done that's how they're improving not everybody not everybody gets better by doing that but he knew that he did and he respected how other players uh prepared themselves and that's what made them special okay we're recording this on monday july the 8th free agency is still going on there are still some players left out there but the big names are basically not all basically gone which is pretty much always with free agency. It's first Absolutely. week, and then it just trickles down, and Absolutely. then you're like, then you get players where, oh, I didn't know that he existed in this. So we, we recorded a week ago mm-hmm. and talked extensively about what the Wild had done, the Zuccarello signing, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard different philosophies on that. But let's go league wide now. Okay. What do we think after having time to uh, digest things like uh, like Lee going back to the Islanders, Panarin going to the Rangers? What do we think about? who did what here, and and who substantially improved themselves for the 2019-20 season and who might have blundered and taken a step back. 
I like New Jersey, as I've made it very clear over the last few weeks. I think I really, I I really like what they're doing, and that that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Dallas going to get Joe Pavelski. I think that pushes them over the top as well, and I, I think the contract, even though it's three years and a lot of money, uh, I don't see Pavelski's game slowing down, so I, I've, I've dug that contract as well. And then are we just doing winners right now? Yeah, sure. Just winners? Yeah, let's start uh, with that. Because uh, I, I think those two teams are, are the ones that have, have shown a, a ton of improvement. The like Colorado, I, I, I'm confused a little. Like, they made a nice trade with Toronto there, and that was probably their big move. But yes. I, I expected them to be bigger buyers with all that cap space, and maybe they're just holding on to it for for next season. And that Colorado move, just so everyone knows in case they, they haven't. that are, are you talking about the Kadri trade? Yeah. Yep. So Toronto sends Nazem Kadri to Colorado uh, with uh, somebody, I didn't write down their first name, Rosen, and then a third round 2020 pick. And then Tor- Colorado then sent back to Toronto Tyson Berry, the defenseman, who's a really good defenseman. Yeah, really good defenseman. Really good defenseman, which they obviously need. But they're going to, and, and the yeah. Avs have a ton of defense. Yes, that, now. obviously. They, they the have, first round pick they, also. They is are a what the Wilds defensive stable was like three years ago and before sure. we knew ever, how everything was going to shake out. Um, but then Toronto gets Barry, uh, Kerfoot, and the player, and then a 2026. 20, and it's just, that seems like a trade that would be, it's just, it makes sense for both sides. Yep. It's nothing. It's nothing too big. It's kind of like what what I talked about a few weeks ago, where you're if you're going to make a trade, sometimes you just make the middling, you know, second tier trade because you're not going to get in too much hot water if it doesn't work out. And if it does work out, you seem like a genius. Right. So that could be that type of of a move. But what I the biggest move that has been at least the most interesting to me uh, in terms of just the story is the Sebastian Ajo offer sheet from Montreal. Okay. I think Carolina, when they got news that Montreal had had extended an offer sheet, and for what the amount was, which turned out to be a five-year contract for a total of forty-two million, just over, with a eight, just an eight and a half cap hit, and they were, if if I if I was Carolina, I'd be like, this is a great thing. Yeah. Right. What is Montreal doing? Because the amount, that's the thing. It wasn't anything crazy. So, like, if you're going to do and an offer sheet, was, you do it big. And that was a first, second, and third round pick compensation, right, correct? But, where, right. where the where the, the next one up is, like, four first right. round picks. Right. And which that, nobody would right. and that's crazy. And that's where the restricted free agency gets so crazy because the dollar amount that is, is what sets everything up. Because, as you said, Judd, and what you've been apprehensive about with signing like a Mitch Marner to an offer sheet is the fact that it would demand a compensation of at least four first rounders. And that's just a huge haul, even for the, even in NHL standards. And, but you have to strike this weird balance because if you go too low, like what Montreal did, there's no chance you're going to get them. There's no chance because Caroline just looks at that said, that's pretty close to what we were talking about anyways. And, and as the story has kind of dissipated and people have gotten kind of a back back door um, understanding of what happened like so Ajo's agent was basically orchestrating tried to orchestrate this whole thing and it did not work out for him and that the negotiations weren't going well so you went up to Montreal and they're like yay let's do it with Montreal and then they look at you like this is the exact contract that we were basically looking at and they were they wanted longer term being Sebastian Ajo and his agent or, uh, or was it shorter term? He, they wanted it so he could... It might have been shorter. It might be, you're right. Austin Matthews just went shorter term shorter, to Toronto. Yeah, they're, they're following the NBA model where they, yeah. they want to have the ability to basically sign another max contract within their career than they would have otherwise, maybe even five years ago. Absolutely. Um, but that's where this weird balance is because if you if you offer too much, you're going to get screwed and you might get, the pl- you might get the player and that might not be a good thing. <laughs> or you offer 
too little, and then you look like an idiot that be, that you didn't value it. Right, correctly. but they couldn't offer too much because too too much means that they they would have almost. I mean, Carolina would have been thrilled to get four first round picks. Sure, for, but that's for, what I mean. It's a win. Oh, it's I a like. win win for them in terms yeah. of Montreal because Montreal has picks teams, galore. This is why teams don't do this. Yeah. Right, and it's just I just feel like it's it was a good idea that was poorly executed on on the Montreal side. I, I think as long as restricted free agency plays out like it does now. Mm-hmm. It's damn near impossible. That's why teams don't do it. No, but it's fun no when they do. To, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. As fans, it's great. Because because but, one team could severe, have a huge victory and one team could the, have a huge loss. What's the incentive, if you're Montreal, to just have set a market and basically gotten sort of used and played? And, yeah, as soon as uh, the hurricane saw that, I'm sure they're like, this is fantastic. That's a great – this is perfect. Right. Well, that's the thing, though, is that they had the intention to go get him, but instead the contract – it was it was a thought to be a home run, but it ended up just being a double. But didn't the they actual know that? contract was a double. Probably not because it's Montreal. Because they're it's a dumpster fire. They they get is it though, Ber- they Bergevin's get glossed like, over because Ottawa is so bad. Sure, but they've they've actually made some smart moves now in the last year plus. I can't f- figure them out. Like it, it doesn't it hasn't translated year, to the ice. A year ago, no, but a year ago I thought, but they almost made the playoffs, and they I think they're improving now. They're a weird team. So do the Wild, but we don't talk about them in a positive way. Oh, light. they yeah, no, they didn't. It's, that's that's a, that's the thing. It, it, just, feel, it depends, yeah. but I'm like, if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Just do it, Montreal. Just do it. You have picks. But then do what? You just sign them to a big time. Just oh, get no. them. I'm not giving up four first round picks for. Well, Sebastian I wouldn't Otto, either, but I Montreal, like, but... you could totally see that. This is the yeah. same this is the same organization and regiment but that, then I go get that traded for Shea, that traded PK Subban for Shea Weber. Like this is the same they're not <laughs> they make dumb deals up yeah, there. Peter Shirelli would be an excellent addition to that club. They're not smart. No. Yeah, they're they're not smart. They don't they don't know what they're doing. No. You had you had to overpay for them. And Carolina gives I mean, Aho makes with signing bonuses, is going to get like $22 million over the course of 12 That's months. How they yeah, the they front-loaded it because yeah. he wanted to be able to get paid even if the lockout so, came through. I mean, you think about it, there's not many players that are going to get tw- – like, who else is going to get $22 million over the course of a 12-month span? Like, I know Panarin got a big deal, but th- that is – if you're Sebastian Ajo, this was a win-win for you. Right. Because you got paid. Oh, yeah. And you got to stay in Carolina. And he, it's five years. He, he signed that offer sheet knowing, like, well, I'm going to get signed back and care. I have no. He had no intention of actually wanting to play in Montreal. Well, Sarah Sarah Sivian, who covers who covers the the Hurricanes Correct. for the Athletic, who has quickly turned into a cult like star I, in the hockey community. I am a proud member of that. I of did that not see her in downtown Raleigh over the weekend. I was looking for. I did not see her. Just Declan, you didn't see anything. Did not. You didn't yeah, see say, any. If you, you're as drunk as you probably were yeah. in Raleigh, then you didn't see. Yep. Yeah. There, there were no new. A, there were no new memories right. made. I for got you. A, I got on a scooter. That was probably a bad oh decision. And uh, yeah. That was stupid. But yep. but she yep. she's been she was on top of it and and she was very critical of what that she's she's been getting a ton of flack on on social media because the, the Canadian you know Canadians fans have been getting after her because it's a it was a dumb it, it, like I said great idea poor execution and she was being very honest about it and she she this whole thing could not have worked out better for the Carolina Hurricanes. Sure, but this is what but but there's. A lot of people who are like, why aren't more guys signed to offer sheets? And this is why they right. don't do it. Right. It, it just no. makes it makes no sense. And in a league that's typically very out. conservative in their decision yes. making in general, yes. yes, it's that's a it's that's definitely a deviation uh, from the norm. And then the other team that I think is has really done the best is is the Islanders. The Anders Lee deal to me, I can't believe they got him to sign that deal. It, he, he took to way less. I know, but that's that. But that's the thing. It's like it's a perfect storm and a perfect I marriage. Like what, I, I like what they did, except for one thing. What the goaltender thing? I don't get. 
Oh, Rob Leonard. Why, by letting them walk yes. or for who they brought in? Well, both of them. One, one, you just allowed a guy to walk who was basically willing to take your price. Something had to have happened there behind the scenes between uh, mm. Leonard and Lou Lamorello that we don't know because that was very odd. And then they brought they brought in the guy from Colorado, Simeon Varlamov. Yeah, Varlamov, and I'm he's okay, yeah. but I just he don't gets get hurt that. a lot, and he's not exactly a person of great character. I don't get that one. That. Surprise! Unless the Islanders think that Leonard's going to drop right off the face of the earth now and be terrible, and they know something that we don't know, oh. th- that would surprise me. But Lee going back is great, and he clearly from day mm-hmm. one had every intention of trying to go back there. I think I, I'm not. This could be completely. This is my, this is what I think Lou Lamarillo was thinking when when this move this move is made. I'm thinking that Robin Leonard had a great year. He won the Bill Masterton Trophy for Comeback Player of the Year. Obviously, great story. He's had, he struggled with addiction issues and, and is definitely a role model for anybody who has that. And especially as a goalie, when you have – it's just – you have to have a certain brain. I think everyone who listens to this podcast would probably agree that I think a little bit differently than most than, the, than you two and most. Sure. Um, but he hasn't been uh, – you know, every day get put the team on my back starting goaltender in this league outside of last year. And that team, as good as it was and as good as some of their pieces are, it got lucky a lot. It got it 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 was a good team, but there it was definitely a team of destiny where a lot of things went their way early because you don't nobody expected them to be good. John Tavares walked. Like everybody expected them to be bad. Right. And so that's where the thing where it's it just you kind of get taken away with the narrative of of that and it's kind of the similar to the situation that the Vikings had with Case Keenum you're like is this repeatable is this who he is or is this an outlier of a year and I think Lou Lamorello with all of his experience and sometimes that experience leads you to make the wrong decision but I think that he probably said hey Simeon Varlamov has been a starter in this league for longer he's kind of trying to rebuild his career because he's been injured so much and he hasn't he hasn't made great decisions and he's capable of really really good stretches of play as Robin Leonard is but right. I just think that he was uh maybe not as big of a splash in terms of having a higher ceiling but it's a safer bet for him to go and s- sign Varlam off to I think I have it written down five, I think it was a yeah. five-year deal yep. and and for money that isn't bad really at all it's, it says uh Where'd it go? Leonard. Leonard signing one year for five million. That's the thing. And then Varlamov is four years at five million as well. Five million dollars for both. Five million dollars a year for Simeon Varlamov is a very fair deal. That just surprised me. And and I think that's probably what the thinking is. It's probably something completely different, but that's 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 what I well, think. I, that's why I think it's a win for Chicago. It's a win for Chicago because they're taking a bet on this guy to help stabilize in the net if Corey Crawford still is, is broken. Absolutely. And and if he goes off and is a Vesna candidate again and, and, and the and the Jennings winner, well then if, if Chicago gets their goalie in place, they're back. They're automatically back. Yep. So Well and then they can manage his workload yeah. and they can do like what they did with Braden Holpe in Washington a oh, couple you mean, years ago. You mean teams not playing their goaltenders too much? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh we're gonna talk about that right. sometime else. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with but that. But I I think that's a good thing for Chicago is they they get their solution. Oh, I'm goal. with you. Perfect yeah. move for yeah. them. It Absolutely. couldn't it could not work out better for, for both Leonard and Chicago in terms of he him getting another one year deal, another it seems like now that there there are prove it deals. And then there are players like Leonard or like where they're, they just end up being late bloomers and then they do it for a year, but you almost need to reinforce it again, prove it again. Sure. And, and that's the thing. And, and Chicago, you're absolutely right, Declan. 
they have pieces. And it's just because there's been some inconsistency on the back end. And if they are able to stabilize that and have a backup goaltender, should Corey Crawford, I don't know, get injured or play, go to hell, you have somebody who's not just capable of of holding down the ship, but someone who could help generate new success for your team as well. And both are on one year, con- last year mm-hmm. of their contracts. Corey yeah. Crawford's Chica- done it for this year. Shockingly, Stan is managing this, this rebuild Incredibly well. And more and more teams are going with the co-goaltender philosophy, mm-hmm. which makes 60, perfect 40, sense. 60-40, more than, Absol- more than uh, 85, 15. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Yep. Okay, my favorite, my team that won, because they, to me, have set the blueprint for what should be done here, mm-hmm. the New York Rangers. Oh. They are they are setting the blueprint for how you do it. They are okay. they you send are, a letter, they are killing You send it. a letter to your fan base saying, folks, we're bailing on things yep. here, but we've got a plan here. Gone are the five years. This is a rebuild. It's going to take five years. The, Two and a half now. The Senators now. thing is ridiculous because you can't tell people, hey, in 2023 or 2024, <laughs> we're coming. Right. This has to be done quickly. The Rangers did this perfectly. They did. They, they stripped away, created tons of cap space, mm-hmm. signed Panarin, who I absolutely love. Yep. Everything the Rangers are doing to me is the blueprint for how you do it now. And, yep. and I don't know if in it's going to work. In an expedited fashion, but if you want to turn it around quickly. In an expedited yeah. fashion, but to make yourself attractive quickly as well. Yep. Like everything that, that they have decided in their direction here now makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. And if I'm the wild, I look at this and be like, that's that's us. That, that can be us. Could if be we us. Can, it could be. If we can do this correctly. But that yep. also means trading, making some tough trades. Exactly. That also means making decisions that are not going to be immediately popular and being, and this is the thing I like most, being very public and open about that, mm-hmm. you know, not trying to hide stuff. So mm-hmm. when you trade a guy, you you acknowledge. You know, the worst thing Craig did was was at the deadline setting that deal out to uh, season ticket holders, saying, you know, we are very much still trying to compete. And mm-hmm. be, no, that's not what you're doing. That's fine too. Right. You are the message that you're sending with these trades is you're going in a different direction. And mm-hmm. I think if you're transparent about that, no one faults you. Right. So what? The Rangers have done not just within the past few weeks, but basically as a philosophy for the last what now year plus two years. Yeah, strikes me twenty months maybe twenty months. Yeah, strikes me as the absolute ideal if I was a Wild fan of what I want, and that's being transparent with the fan base and your veteran players who can't be traded, and that's also comes back again to why you don't sign a guy like Zuccarello to a five-year no-move. Uh, clause contract right because that's what you don't want that's the corner you don't want to put yourself into yet someday you do right just not now and that's the thing judd and that and that the the rangers and and the, the jets even a few years ago are showed signs of this just a little bit longer that you have the honesty is the big thing because as as much as we like to say like fan stuff doesn't matter it matters and it matters in hockey markets because like like Minnesota, New York is uh, is an educated hockey market. They're not as educated as us, so we can still keep that little medal for ourselves. No, you're right. But well, and hockey fans, pure hockey fans, because right. it's still a big enough of a cult sport. Right. Know what they're looking at. Right. And that's like the they're th- not like oh, I'm just Joe Joe fan joins for playoff runs. Right. But Joe fan is not really there on night one when you drop the puck. right. And that's so the I'm thing. And so they were honest. But like you said, Judd, the way that they're the way that they're reconstructing this roster, and it's kind of like in a flash pan moment where they're kind of doing three moves at once, where the. F- now the fans are they're, they've been they've been told the truth, which is great. They're like, all right, let's see what you can do, and and that's one key difference between the Wild and the Rangers right now. 
but we're, the Wild are making trades. Sure. It's just that they're not making the right trades. The Rangers are making the right trades and are they're making the right decisions. Some of that goes into luck. Some of that goes into other other things. But for the at the core, even fans will stay with you through a rebuild if you're giving them pieces of something to be excited about. It might not be a finished product. It's not a finished product with the Rangers, but the Panarin signing puts them back on the track and gets that excitement back in the building. And they're going to be willing to watch that team, even if they suck because they see the effort that's being made to rebuild and not just going out and saying, we're going to go get players just to get players. You're getting the top player. Mm -hmm. You're getting the best free agent out of the class. And you're doing that and communicating that, and you're able to basically just not only rebuild your organization from a player personnel standpoint, but rebuild your relationship with the fans and rebuild your reputation within the league. Because they, if if they didn't make these decisions, then the Rangers just become one of those teams that all of a sudden, you know, nobody wanted to go to the New York Knicks because there's just a weird aura about it's around like the, the organization, the right? But it's the same aura around it. That that that's what players are going to gravitate towards in free agency, and that's what's plaguing the Wild is that they don't have that feeling around the organization where it's not in complete like chaos, but it's changing enough, and there's a plan well, in everybody, place. Everybody, what what I, I like here is it seems like everybody that runs the Rangers is on the same page. Mm-hmm. Like you don't look at them and say, I wonder what their plan is. Right. What's the GM right. doing, but what's the owner? That's saying? the problem here. Right. Yeah. And, and to be clear, because I know that. And both are I'm, outlying situations. Absolutely. Both of them are unique and of and themselves. To be clear, because I, I know that I'm going to get notes about this. If I don't clear this up, I am not implying that the wild could have, or should have signed Panarin. Okay. I'm talking about this as an, That's o- exactly what you're as an overview. No, I'm going to get, they couldn't have signed him. He wanted to go to the East coast. Their structure, though, and the blueprint for what they have done is what I like. So I'm not saying that the player would have come here. He wouldn't have. But I love the fact that they got themselves to a point very quickly where they can plug and play with this really key piece Mm -hmm. after being open and honest about what the direction was and having people on the same page as opposed to what Declan said, which is when you clearly don't or or there's certainly not definition of that. Right. You're always going to have the New York factor, the L.A. factor. That's that's a factor. It's a thing. But it's one factor and one thing, and I think we put way too much into it. If this organization, that being the Minnesota Wild or any other organization, you if you have the right pieces and the right culture around it, you may not win most of the battles, but you might win one one year where it changes the entire course and of everything. Structure. And that's the thing is like you're not going to be able to compete with the big lights of of Times Square or or the beaches of L.A. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try your best to make that organization the absolute best case scenario for a player and so that they can be like well minnesota it's not flashy it's not exact it's not toronto it's not whatever but it's a good place and it's it's still a decent market that you, all you need is to win one battle well and it's not gonna happen every year but it might happen if you keep doing that and the perception of the players who might join your team i.e uh, joe pavelski is mm-hmm. you can win a cup yeah, he went to Dallas solely because he said, and he's right. They could win a cup. Yeah, you don't look right. at this team right now based and on say, who they have on roster exactly. and, and the decision making processes and 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 uh, tendencies that the management has made thus far, and they're investing in their vision. Biggest loser thus far. Let's start with Declan here. Florida. What the hell is Florida doing? I don't understand. Some people like what they've done. I well, I love being wrong, so I'm sure I'll be wrong here in six months. But you admit it though, and uh, we love it. Yes, I do. I I don't know what like Bob? they're trying. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the contract. I don't like the contract for Bob. Uh, they had to get one of those two guys. They had to get a goalie because they 
physically didn't have one. Yeah, but, it's not like they drafted the top prospect out of the draft or anything. Yeah, and obviously, you know, okay, we know Spencer Knight probably won't be ready for a couple of years. Yep. That's fine. Yep. But giving a guy a seven-year contract, and all, is it no move? Yep. Oh, I'm sure they all yeah. are. Nicole, probably is no goalies move? almost always are, at least for through the first, I'm guessing, six I've years. I've got a no-move no contract, and I don't even play in the league. Like, what the hell are you trying to accomplish? They did I, that to keep you contained. It's PR, Declan. And also... I'll tell you why. It's yeah. PR. The Wild. They, the, the Wild are one of the biggest losers of free agency. Of I, it, it's, it's clear. They sign a guy to a no-movement clause who's 32, putting a long jam at your forwards, stunting your youth development... They're they're a loser to me. They're they're a loser in free agency, and 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 you know what? It's it's not just Paul Fenton's fault anymore. It's the owner's fault. It's the GM's fault. The entire direction. They're doing the opposite of what we were just talking about with New York. They don't know what they want to do, and now they're crippling themselves going forward. They have these contracts that are going to bog them down for five more years. Again, we're only halfway through the Prezi and Suter deals. Happy times. Uh, they took the complete. Wrong direction. They should have taken my advice and signed Wayne Simmons for one year. Maybe traded for this Gusev kid from Russia, and that's what I would have rather have done. Trade for him. So. Can I mention one thing quick that drove me crazy? So, as teams were signing players, I saw a note somewhere saying the, the US TV contract is up like within the next couple of years or so. Yep. Yep. And it said, They're "Well, diversify teams it. are teams are very optimistic that when that the new contract is signed, because yes, it's probably going to go NBCSN." ESPN of some sort, and it's, which they should have done years ago. It's been NBC exclusive, and before yeah. that, like versus exclusive because for Gary, years, because which is Gary, the stupidest thing. Gary of all came time. from the NBA, which we all know is not on multiple networks whatsoever. <gasps> so, but anyway, the note I saw said, and teams are very confident that the salary cap will rise when this deal is in place. Uh-huh. Where have we heard that before? We've never heard about you salary really, cap rising you, and then not. You doing really it are at going all. to assume the salary cap in this godforsaken league <sighs> is going up. Honest to God, who's that stupid? I the mean, Parisi and Suter contracts, which none of us would undo because at the time it was great. Well, I'll always say that. Mm-hmm. But my God, what was the one assumption we all made that day? Oh, the salary cap's going to go up, so it should be no problem. At the same percent. It always does go it up took for until the most this part. It just get... go, it goes up. Instead of going up right. six inches, you're going up one. It took until this year to get cap room again. Mm-hmm. So don't. I never want to read again, oh, the salary cap is sure to rise. No, it's not. It's the NHL. Just assume you're not. Just assume it's not rising, or it's rising that it's you're, not going to make anything. Your biggest loser. Um, or losers. Well, since we beat the I don't, Wild, yes, and we won't. Be, I won't go further into that. But one team that just, I, just I don't. I don't necessarily mean it's a loser, but I'm just. I'm curious that they're not more active, and that would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. They may have made a couple moves. I'm not going to spend my time trying to figure out which third line grind forward they signed to make it better. But they're a team that. They have a couple of guys on roster that have done things of note and aren't exactly getting old, old yet, but they're not young. And and I think that it was weird after they won that their back-to-back cups that, you know, Washington goes on and went, beats, them, beats them and overcomes this the giant monkey off the back and the whole thing. I, I think if Pittsburgh wins that series, I think they, put, they have just as good a chance as anyone to, to win that cup. And that changes a lot of their decision making going forward, but with Sidney Crosby and Malkin and and I, I I'm not sure if they've re-signed Matt Murray yet because I know that he has he's due for a contract. I'm not sure if that I forget, but you have these superstar, transcendental, you know, generational talents, yep. and I'm not sure where exactly they are with their cap situation. I'm guessing that it's pretty tight. And especially when you have players like Chris Letang, who are great players when they're on the ice, 
but he's had trouble staying on the ice. And to no fault of his own, both hockey injuries and just illness, he had a stroke, stroke and yeah. stuff. Like, where maybe they're handcuffed a little bit like the Wild were a couple years back, where where you just like you want to do this, but you just can't. And it's tough to get. It's tough to shed cap space. There's no NBA three team deal where you just say we're going to trade this guy so we they can buy him out and then they, you can shed. $70 million in cap space if you're creative. You can't do that in the NHL. So, I mean, it are could they make another run? Sure. But based on what's going on in that organization and their abilities to, to kind of rework that roster, they're running out of time. And I think – I, I think three is still low for a cup count for. Are Sydney they Blackhawking? Um, it feels like a little bit like Blackhawking. I feel like they're doing it less so because, for some reason, I mean, it's but not. It's po- almost. It's almost the exact same. But in, for some reason, in my mind, in terms of perception, that there are more mainstays like holdovers in the Pittsburgh organization than there was in the Blackhawk organization. And the bottom has not come close to falling out of right. them Right, and yet, then the but... Blackhawks did this every year. It seemed like they were shedding a player that was really yeah. good. The Bufflin, Shaw, Panarin. Bickle, all these guys where they ended up performing the that every year. Carolina. Right, every year there would be a player that rose to the occasion further than anybody thought and ended up being a big piece, but they couldn't pay him, so... Chicago was in that type of mindset. Pittsburgh's never really been in that mindset, so maybe that's why they're struggling. But it's very similar, but I, I just – it's a weird bit. I'd expect more from them. I'd like to uh, say Ken Holland and the Oilers come on down. What, what are you doing? You're not, doing you're not doing anything. They're taking a nap. What? No, but honest to God, now this, and this is why I don't yeah. like – listen, I'm an old guy myself, but recycling these old-time GM hockey guys, I'm mm. a hockey guy – like what are you doing? What are the Oilers doing? They're not doing. Like they're looking for direction from someone. No, but can that's you? It. But you know, to right. our point, Chirelli's gone now. That's fantastic. Right. Um, you've got a new coach in Tippett, who is also an old school recycled hockey guy. Mm-hmm. Holland, who became president of the Wings when his protege Iserman came in, became GM. Right. Turned out that he still actually the, wanted to be a GM. The home, the the prom date bit. And yeah, and Holland yep. and. Ken Holland did a fantastic job of building up the Detroit Red Wings in the 90s. But what's what? Again, Connor McDavid. Like, if I'm him, aren't you looking around and saying, well, we're not doing much here? Because they're not. You're absolutely right. But that's the thing. But it's is, driving me crazy. Uh, this yeah. is, it's if, wasteful. If you ask me yep. a team that I, as a hockey fan, desperately want to see in the playoffs mm-hmm. really, really bad, it's not the Wild. That's fun as a, as, you know, to go to games. It's not the Wild. It's easily the Oilers. I want to see Connor McDavid. Right. So bad. But that's Dry I mean. it's, it's all driven by public and player perception of what the organization is because when he was drafted, Lucic, which at the time was fresh off of being traded to LA when he was still a real, he was a good, like, sure. he was still thought that to be big, a big shaker, like a big mover absolute, where he was, he was an important playoff, cog in your team. He was a playoff player. Yes. Absolutely. That he actively chose to leave the Kings who also were still technically a cup winning organization where that, that same feeling was around there that he chose to come there. That feeling around the Oilers has gone out quickly. Oh, uh, thanks. Are you, what are you taking pictures of? What are you sending? Are you Snapchatting right now? No, no screenshot. I'm just I'm letting Paul Fenton know that the podcast is coming up and, and if he wants to listen, he can listen. For pointers? That sounds like pointers. a bunch of um, has to be. Actually, what are we talking son, about? His son listening. Yeah. I'm making what, sure his son's What were we listening. talking about? The Oilers. The Oilers. Sorry. But that's what I mean and that's where you run into these struggles where these little things add up because the Oilers are as much of a legacy organization as anyone like Wayne Gretzky. But, doing, it's the, but that's but that's it, the thing. They are that's how bad they are because they they can't get anybody the way, to come there. Have they gone and got goalie help? 
because Chiarelli's last thing was signing Koskinen to an extension. I don't know if he's after that like good. seven games. But I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, what are they doing? They're, How can you do nothing? They, the league, I, step in. They are the Oilers are the definition of like a twenty-five-year-old girl that goes to the bar has two and a half drinks, and it's right before you go over the edge. Declan, you're familiar with the edge. The edge, you know yes, what I'm, the yes, women know. The edge of glory, thank as God, we call it. Thank God, I have no idea what <laughs> you're talking of, about. It's just like when you're a little buzzed, and then all of a sudden it just hits you. You're like, oh, and I'm drunk. Like that's the okay. ed- I call it the edge of glory. But how's that? But how's there any glory here? But that's what I mean. They're they're perpetually stuck in the buzz stage where you're thinking about being more fun, but you still don't have the courage to do it. But once you go over the edge of glory, that's when you're like, hell yeah, I'll jump into a bush. Hell yeah, I'll take a scooter down okay. and try to do wheelies. I am one season away. From from really hoping that McDavid goes in there and says, "Just trade me, just get me out of here." And I know he's got the contract. He might now because. But I am one. But sports I can't, leagues mirror each other, man. And the I, NBA is an example. It's starting to leak I in, and take, I, he could he could be the one. I can't that take this that. though. I can't take this. I he can't take a player. One. I can't take a player that good being stuck in Canada on a horse bleep run team when he should mm-hmm. be he should be in the states ideally. Just because it, it would certainly help. I mean, can you imagine him in the Gretzky path of being on the Kings, for instance? Oh my God! How if much you, fun that would Judd, be. We just need to pause. Let's pause for three seconds to let that sit. Three, two, one. Connor McDavid on the Kings. And the Kings can give them everything you they want. You just gave me the warm and fuzzies. The Kings Thank can you. give. Well, and and if you're the Kings, you got to start doing something soon because you, you've got two, uh, you've got two co-tenants in that building that play with a round ball. That are going to, and I'm not saying that nothing's that, going on in LA next year. What do you mean? And I'm not, I'm not trying to apply that the Kings can compete with the Clippers or the Lakers, but Connor McDavid would make it the place to be as far as hockey goes. No, Wayne Gretzky could come out of retirement and join that team right now. They're not going to beat. They're not going to get attention away. from Well, him anyway, Connor McDavid in the states would be great. It would be. Great. And I'm about to give up on the fact that the Oilers are ever going to do the right thing. He could be. So they're my losers. He and I could be what LeBron did when he started signing the one, the one year. Two-year deals, but with the second year was a player option. That's set all of this in and motion Mc, in the NBA. And McDavid just signed a long-term contract Right, but he in Edmonton, could be, because of his star power and his talent and, and the dysfunction of, of the Oilers organization, he could be one of those basically watershed moments in the in the league where he could demand a trade and it might have to happen because of the groundswell of public support, not just – with, I mean, not in Edmonton, obviously, but public perception, like you, Judd, people like you would be writing, yes, 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 let's go. And so that's the thing. It's, it's, it, it could, I think it, that's something that definitely could be in the cards, especially if they, if the Oilers continue to just like basically throw darts at an archery target rather than a dartboard. That's what anything. they're doing. They're throwing darts at an archery target they and, they're, just, and they're, they're missing it because so, it's a, it's a baby arrow. So poorly. Run. God, so metaphors poorly run. are great today. Last, uh, last puck thing. I bring you this, uh, this notes column. It's called slap shots, New York post, Larry Brooks, legendary hockey writer. I'm going to read it's you a quick paragraph. Oh, he, he's the guy who, uh, who spent his entire time when Jacques was the coach of the devils, Ripping the trap, and Jacques and Larry Brooks hated each other's guts. Oh, cool! So oh, shocking! Jacques didn't have a good relationship guy. with the media. What? I love Jacques. Jacques was great. Oh, he's but a great he didn't, quote. But he didn't like. Yeah, the, he's a But great he didn't quote. like the fact that people saw that the trap was absolute crap. Uh, so this paragraph, Rap. very quickly, we're told the moves by the Wild in signing Matt Zuccarello to a five-year deal, and by Dallas in adding Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry, were influenced by consistent pressure on management by ownership in both precincts. 
In Minnesota, after only a year on the job, GM Paul Fenton is under extreme scrutiny. Yeah, and that's Dallas, from a New York Dallas paper. Dallas tried to li- rip their entire team out in public. But Dallas, ago. but the difference with Dallas is, I look at Dallas and, and I see scrutiny that is justified as being a cup contender. It's very interesting that this is out there publicly that the Wild GM, who was hired to replace a guy who got the team to the playoffs a bunch but could never get past the first round, basically, right? And at the very best, the second round after one year here. This is, to me, this note, to go back to Declan's point, is not just about Fenton. It's mm-hmm. about Craig Leopold. It's about right. the fact that, and that's like, how can thing. there be, I get the scrutiny, and I, I right. agree with what Brooks wrote, but if you think about that, one year in to this guy trying to, like, retool this thing now, right. you're under scrutiny to try and, Dallas, it's legit. Yeah. Here? That's really interesting. But that's the thing. I think the the actual the actual story that blurb is the, obviously the A topic, but the the B role is the fact that the owners are being that actively involved and not just demanding that, but but doing it in the way that the Dallas ownership did publicly eight nine months ago, and then obviously Craig. It was very apparent and very odd that he was sitting at the draft table during the draft. Like that, most owners most. Sports oh, teams owners, going on. most he's most professional fun. sports teams owners are very. They're not. I'm not saying they're apathetic, but they're just they're hands off. Sure. And so that in itself boosts the story because both of those franchises they're 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 the same coin, just different sides. One's heads, one's tails. One's up and one is down. And they're they're absolutely right. And and that's the difference between why. Pavelski and I mean I don't I don't really want anything to, to do with Corey Perry I, I wouldn't oh uh, yeah no poor thanks. guy he's I mean, old he, the game just he's washed up sorry he's he's kinda, play, he's he could play sad. a very nice role he could play Maybe. a very nice small role if there, he adjusted his I mentality he could if you're here I wouldn't have signed he's him. got he's got no. he's got fourth line skill but still has a first line head that's the problem first line mentality you have to adjust it, your role and, and here your expectations it makes, here it would have right made that's zero what, but that's Corey Perry in general he's a prick it's like Heatley's drop off all this I mean just great player and just bottom just dropped out way too early than it should have that's what i mean because he was he wasn't performing up to the star level it ate away at his confidence and then he got defensive and basically went into well f you guys i'm gonna keep doing what i want because i'm danny heatley and i scored 50 goals in 07 well i've tried and and and, and created the great probably the greatest parody account in all of hockey or or spurn the inspiration oh absolutely oh my god we we all know that that would never take place here that the locker room here would never have problems so right don't even worry about that here right it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's absolutely great. All right, last thing. Declan, how drunk were you exactly <laughs> yeah. over the 4th of Scale July? Scale 1 to 11. Uh, oh In Raleigh gosh. with your brother, right? Uh, oh, who's F- listening right now. Yeah. It's, it's your Ooh, brother. He's, he's the only person that can listen in. live to a podcast. Still, he's probably somehow Still t- tuned in. Declan's brother. And, and then who's our guy? Is it Joe on Twitter? Which Joe? What? There's a guy who tweets us constantly. Uh, not our, Pedro. Oh. Our um, uh, no, not Paul Pedro. Uh, Ron. Ron, yes, Ron, Ron. Ron. Hey, Ron. Shout out to you. Shout you know out to Ron. If you're still listening, God bless you. But yeah. you're like, there's about four people that still are, and one of them is Ron. They're going to learn how to make audio who then is going themselves to com- just so who they then can going to complain by Thursday about when is your next hockey podcast? You need to do more. Uh, yes, on a sk- I was blitzed. I mean, I. It Could was, you have gotten married? Like, no. would that be in the realm of possibility? No. You would have is shown Raleigh up in Trapple or something yes, like that. Yes, Raleigh is a great town. Okay. I re- he lives in Cary, which is right the next town over. Uh, of Raleigh. So I've been about, to Charlotte. But he's, been about Raleigh. A, he's about a 15, 20-minute drive from to downtown Raleigh. All right. And and we mostly stayed in his little – he lives in a cul-de-sac, and, and there's it's a great little neighborhood, and he's got great neighbors. Oh, he's got kids. Um, he's living dad life. Yeah. yeah. He's, got, yeah, he's, he's got, living he American dad life. Yeah, he he lives – but, but, I mean, 
I'm a I'm a small guy. I'm five foot nine and a hundred and thirty five pounds soaking wet. Lucky. And <laughs> but don't let my frame fool you in a way, like because over the Fourth of July, him and I bought he bought a case of Budweiser because you know holiday. Free advertising here. And then I love my Coors Banquet we because... We can plug Budweiser. They're I'm, good uh, people. I'm insane. And between both of us, those those cases of beers were gone over 24 hours. So that means I we averaged about 16 beers. I don't feel like taking those beers down is that tough, to be honest with you. But now, if we were talking craft beers... Well, they're not when you put them in the helmets. When you have the we have the straw with the yeah. double with the, we with can, the we double can, exhaust. I think I found the next Judd Athlete challenge. If you, if you think it's oh not it's not too hard. Well, to put I'm them not all saying down. it's easy. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that you don't get royally ripped for a long time so, there, yeah. as opposed to like a provider, which right. or a size seven from the fine folks here, which will so lay it, you on the floor bunnies within three. It, of it was just beers at his house, but then Friday night we went to downtown Raleigh and, and went to okay. some nicer bars. Dad got and, out, huh? I was, dad got mom and dad got out. I, I got them on scooters, the electric, because their scooters are down there too. Okay, got this them is on a that. Bad, hooked them tell up. That's a stupid idea. No, but we were sober during then. It's the, a the, stupid idea for safety, but it's a great the, bit. The, the scooters. It's really fun. We were sober for the scooters. We were we were not. Drunk on the scooters. We left it. Uh, sober, drunk. I don't care. You yeah. Scooters. Yeah. Maybe. I, I so tend, that's what happened. I tend to measure partying and like in terms of how drunk were you and what what is in the realm of possibility that you could have done how drunk were you and that's where I'm like oh the wedding chapel thing I had a couple of pops on 4th of July and I got sunburnt <laughs> I had, I got like Picasso sunburnt on one part of my leg because I couldn't I couldn't go swimming because I you go for the 4th of July like the pool uh, Cocado. Up, oh, okay. up there, little, yep. little little cabin life up nice. there, and oh nice, and uh, Very I was out, I was out there in my Ron Swanson Ron Swanson t shirt and a megaphone. It's not cabin for for hockey people. Dude, not it's not called cottage. A, it's called no, a cottage. No, 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 hockey no, people no, in Canada no, call it a cottage. No, no cottage. Pierre Lebrun was at the college. Co- no, nope. I that 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 Pierre Lebrun. Just because Pierre, Pierre Lebrun says it's a cottage doesn't mean it's the thing. But it's a cottage. We it I was it was a good time, but but I was not nearly. Competing at the uh, at yep. the level that Decker sat, was. sat on Saturday, my last full day there, we didn't even drink because it was. <laughs> they had to good. take a break. We had to break. We had to take a break. Also, so wait, this was Thursday, Friday, no Saturday. Wednesday, Thursday, oh, Friday, yeah, and they were at church at eight a.m. Oh no, praying with sins. God, yeah, your liver's hurting by that. It still hurts. Still hurts. It's been I, I, seventy-two it, hours. It, it still it, hurts. I, I would think it would. It sounds like a, it sounded like a great. So that's time. what happened. I'm jealous. What'd mm-hmm. you do on the fourth, Judd? Went to a movie. What'd you see? What'd you see? Um, A a documentary called Echo in the Canyon. It's about about? 60s. It's about the 60s music scene in Laurel Canyon in in Los Angeles. That's up your alley. Very good. I loved it, but it's old school stuff. Right. Old school stuff. And shout out to the U.S. Women's National Team. (laughs) Yeah. That was a, that's, now, now, what's more competitive? Women's hockey, which has Canada and the U.S. as really good teams, or soccer? What do you mean? What do you mean? competitive? What are you as, trying to win? As far as actual amount of teams that, that are legitimate competitors and really good. Like in hockey. In professional league or in international no, play? In Olympic slash World Cup international oh, play. Oh, soccer is much more diversified. Okay. That's, I, that's it, what I was curious about. Hockey is just, it's, it's USA and Canada almost always unless, some, cr- unless somebody doesn't show up, which it's usually United States. That drives me crazy because it's like, I want to see more good teams. Right. Finland's doing things. Okay. Uh, Sweden does. Like, the, the, yeah. And women's hockey. And then, but soccer is just, USA, they've, had, they've, had a head, they've had a head start. Yeah. Soccer is a more accessible sure. game. And I'm just, not ripping that. No. I'm just saying like the, the more teams that get competitive yes. around the world, yeah. the better. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And 
that was a great game yesterday, and that's what I said with, with Declan with Budweiser. I plugged them because they they announced yesterday that they're going to be sponsoring the NWSL um, and the salaries, and they're going to sponsor. So that's what you good on go them after for hockey for professional yeah. women's good, hockey. Yeah, good get on Bud, get Budweiser yeah, to sponsor. Good them. on them. I tweeted at them. I said I don't drink beer, but I'll buy a case a case today because uh, I'll, help you, uh, I'll help you drink it. Yeah, yeah. I'll get I'll give it to no, you. How about that? I'll buy you two cases. Declan then. will just take it. I'm going to buy two cases. I'm going to and then we're going to tape the entire thing, and you're going to drink as. Well, we won't, we Oof. probably shouldn't do as many as you can because then you're, it's that's too that's like a frat party. Yeah, you don't want to yeah, do that. I, yeah, let's get an IV in you first. Okay. All right. All right. We're done. Bye. Bye.